sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat! Yeah, right working. I know how to enunciate and pronunciate what not. You know how to talk? Yeah. <laughs> we might be a silent band, but like I still know how to use what? one of these. Yeah, like but well I guess before we get into all that, that's a good question for the beginning. Right on. But I gotta do my thing. <clears throat> so I'm gonna do my thing and cool. then we'll do our thing. Cool, cool. Hello and welcome uh-huh. to start the beat with Sykes. I am Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with Joey Schuler, hawking the Fourth River Music Fest and all of that. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it and thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home and as always... There's beer and soda in the fridge. Speaking of beers, I'm sitting here right now. My friend Tony plays in the band Solar Burn. Yes, I do. And other things that I'm going to learn about. Mm -hmm. And we're sipping on some good good right now. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) This is delicious. I did not expect this. You could have handed me a a Pabst and I want to turn up my nose. You know. Yeah. No, I have nothing against a good pilsner either or any cheap beer but at home you know you have a guest over i'm not gonna lie a little bit of a snob i mean i well, it's what i do for a living yeah totally, so totally. i have to have some i can't not well, front but the best beer is a free beer yeah you don't turn your nose <laughs> totally. up at nothing i don't care if it's buddy b it sucks <laughs> you still yeah. you still drink it but the next best beer is you know one that you bought with your own damn money. Well, that's and that's yeah. kind of where I was going to get to is like you're not going to find anything like that in my fridge personally right on. unless I had people over and they left some here. Yep, no, same rules <laughs> in my house too. Same rules. Yeah, you know, it's uh I mean, I almost feel like our product at uh in my house is almost like the domestic of my house because you'll always find full pint product yeah. in my home, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I can't imagine there's others that we keep some other stuff yeah. too. I, I just I'm I'm always rounded. That's always been my favorite. This is so nice though. This Petrus. I've never had this before. Um, I've never had a sour of this ABV either. Yeah. Which is really cool. They're usually lower on the ABV, but this is so full of flavor. Yeah, they they do some really, really good stuff. That's kind of like like the standard, kind of like the flagship for Petrus, but they do a lot of really wild stuff. I'm also a bit ruined because I work around the same thing so much. It's yeah. Like if your band's always working, you don't get to hear other bands. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. It, it's much the same. I don't get to tr- go on and try other things. Yeah. You know, the Millville Music Festival was so much fun because I, like, I got to see you guys play because unless we're on a bill together, I don't get to see you. <laughs> uh-huh. And then drinking Gris House beer because I love their stuff, but I never get out. Mm-hmm. So it was nice to actually sit there and talk with a brewer and watch you guys play while drinking one of their beers. Oh, yeah. 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 I love Crist House. They're fantastic. I am drinking a La Trap Quad right now. I'm just going to shout that out for whatever reason. May I? Oh, yes. Right on. Please do. In your, in your brutal 
Brutal Beer Fest yes, glass. Yes, and a Brutal Beer Fest glass. I have a couple. <laughs> but yes, that, that's one of my favorite beers right now. That is very nice. Yes. Mm. I've a... Uh, I I feel like there's so many places where I want to start this conversation. Do right, I want well, to start it with beer? Do I want to start it with music? We'll get to music. We're still on beer right now, so let's let's okay. go with that. So well, okay, I well, guess. But hold on, if you have yeah. listeners that know you but don't know me, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, makes I'm sense. Ju- I'm just some jerk talking. Yeah, right now, let's t- tell the people about yourself. I, I mean, how did you meet me? Through Solar Burn. Okay, so. Tony Funk Thomas, I play bass in Solar Burn. We, if you are not initiated, are a three-piece, all-instrumental, um, some would call it a prog metal outfit. I just call it prog because sometimes we're metal, sometimes we hit jazzy points, we get, we do a little bit of everything and we don't do nothing. So it, it's, I, I've never, I've never called it that way. But yeah, that's, that's who I currently play with. I've played with plenty of other projects. I've been playing for 20-some odd years professionally doing a little bit of everything yeah yeah and outside of solar burn you mentioned that you know you work at full pint yeah i work for full pint brewing company um i am the namesake of the t-funk blackberry black tea berliner vice might as well shamelessly plug that oh it's a delicious beer well we are on our our (laughs) fifth batch fourth or fifth batch in a year and a half so i'd say that's it's it was a little bit of a surprise that it's doing so well and it's actually getting bottled now and yeah, what I was going to say, kind of getting into it, was like, I've gotten to that point now with beer where I don't give a shit what kind of beer it is. There's a lot of people who are like, what IPA you got? Like, I'm into IPAs, yeah. and that's cool. I'm just into finding stuff that's unique and different. It's almost how I am with, like, music at this you point. You said it. That's the thing. They don't care either. They just think they do. Yeah. It's so often people don't know what they like because what they like is way wider than they're giving a chance for. It's that they know there's some things they've experienced that they had a bad experience with, and they would rather not repeat that. I mean, base example, I tell people this at the bar all the time, IPAs. Most people that say, I don't like IPAs, I don't like hobby stuff, it's not what they mean. They usually mean they don't like West Coast. They don't like Imperials. Because here's the thing, if someone is into something, you know, like me and you – judging by the the pop culture and music and toys and history stuff yeah. that you're into. If me and you start talking to someone who's about 10 years younger than us and telling them what's good and trying to get them up on faith no more or something or, <laughs> you know, something like that, yeah. they, it, it, it's not going to work no. that way. You have to start them, ease them in easy. So start them with a session IPA. You know, it's about knowing how to give someone something. When it comes to sours, I would never start someone with this Petrus. <laughs> no. It's amazing. Yeah. I love it. My palate, it, it does everything my palate wants. Yeah. But honestly, like, I'm happy that the T-Funk turned out to be a beginner sour. You know, it's sweet. It's tart. A lot of people go, oh, candy, warhead. Yeah. Cool. That's, you know, not what most people want a sour to be. But if it initiates some people, that's perfect. Definitely. You know. Yeah, that's kind of what drew me to Full Pint in the first place. Um, coming from just a bartender, bar manager stance to getting the chance to be one of their bartenders was that they never did anything I didn't like, and it's not easy to find that when it comes to working for a company that you're always going to be about. You know, a lot of my favorite breweries around town, who were all who are all great. Every once in a while, there's something where I'm like, nah, not me. 
not me, you know, even with your favorite bands or your favorite artists or whatever. But that's what drew me to working for the company. I'm really happy that I've had the chance to work with them because of that, because they keep shocking me. The brewers keep doing things that, you know. Definitely. How long have you been there? Uh, two years, two and a half cool. years. Um, when we opened the Wild Side. Okay. I was working for a different bar that will remain unnamed. That's now defunct. But I didn't know it at the time. One of the guys from Full Pint let me know. I was selling more Full Pint beer than anywhere. Oh, at the bar you were at? Because I was a fan. Oh, okay. And yeah. I was the GM. So I was yeah. just bringing it in. And if someone wanted a Yingling, I would sell them an All in Amber. If they wanted a Blue Moon or a Francis Connor, I would get them to drink a White Lightning. Yeah. You know, if they wanted a Dogfish, I'd get them to drink a Gus or a Chinooky. And I just kept doing that because it was fun. I would rather people drink local. You know, why yeah. Why give the money to the big company, give the money to the local company? And it they noticed. And I was friends with a guy that was a rep that started working for the company. So when they talked about opening the tap room and needing bartenders, he said, well, hey, T-Funk knows the product, is a huge fan, loves the product, and, you know, is selling a lot of the product. So let's see if he's interested. And they asked me, and I jumped. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> I, I've been bartending for almost 15 years now, and doing it full service and a lot of fancy cocktails and all that is great. Doing it at venues, like I spent the first 10 years bartending at Shadow Lounge, which was an institution in Pittsburgh. I'm so lucky. I got to be part of that for a decade. That was great. But getting to sell beer where all I do is play music and talk to people, yeah, and a product that like you know about, you know where it's coming from. You can, you know, the people that made it by mm -hmm. name, and you can, you yep. know, it's yep. so personalized. Yep. Although the only downside is it has started to ruin my palate because whereas I used to go out and have like a Sierra Nevada as like my domestic if I was out at a bar, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm used to drinking fresher. Oh yeah. And now when I go to open something like that, it it tastes stale. It's almost like having yeah. decarbonated pop yeah. where it doesn't make sense to my palate anymore. And it's, it, it's screwed me up a little bit when I'm out in public. Yeah. It's so hard for me to drink. I'm always thinking about like, how many tap lines does this place have? What is that? Like how long has that been sitting there? Yep. I've worked in this <laughs> industry too long that I don't drink draft everywhere. Yeah. No, I will. Get, no, no, man. If you walk in and you get that smell, that bowling alley smell. <laughs> yeah. If, if a place has yingling on draft, They've never cleaned that line. <laughs> like it's so they've they've just been changing out that barrel. Oh yeah. And there's I have seen things come out of lines. You know, like have you worked in service? No. Oh I have man. not. You see things. Not in a bar. I mean, I've worked in like fast food places when okay. I was younger, but another yeah. word for the wise. Don't get ice water. <laughs> okay. It, it it's I, I will tell you straight up that like I, I'm I'm happy, especially with our restaurant, because we're so new. Our ice machine is brand new. And yeah. we clean the filter once a month. I've worked at places where they didn't know there was a filter to be cleaned. <laughs> Fair enough. Just saying. Yeah. So I'm taking the show away from you. You go. You. Hey, no. It's this is it's pretty par for the course. We're here right to talk on. about you and things like that. I think that we can move on from the beer, though. Let's move on to the band. Yeah. Because the first question I had in mind was just kind of what was the conscious decision, if there was one, for Solar Burn to be an instrumental band. Oh, it's funny. We talk about this more than anything else about our band, but <clears throat> natural more than conscious. Uh, so just to give people the insight, the band formed before I joined. Okay. Um, I came out of playing in the oldie all-stars 
which was a funk soul R&B band I was in for like a decade. I had played in a ton of other bands. I had played in Margot B, which was like a pop R&B band. I'd played in Sony, which was a pretty uh, well-to-do uh, indie alternative band. Um, Daru Jones, who now plays for Jack White, was our drummer in that group. I, I played with a couple other local bands as Hired Gun and was doing a lot of that at the time. But at the time that I joined Solar Burn, I had scaled down to only doing the Oldie All-Stars, which was my funk band with friends from childhood. And I wanted to do something I had never done. And I had done so many different styles. You know, working at Shadow Lounge every day was new. There was always new people coming through that were like, hey, do you want to jam? Do you want to get together? And I was in my 20s and I was a bartender at the Hippet Spot, you know. So I was doing everything. But things I had never done were Afrobeat, like Afro-Cuban stuff, which I really like have a passion for and would love to do. And... I wanted to do at the time a hardcore punk band, but a hardcore punk cover band that did covers of non-hardcore songs. Okay. So like Steely Dan, hardcore covers. Yeah, sure. And stuff like that. And I was just looking for something that was interesting and different, but a little off the wall. And uh, my ex-girlfriend, you know, girl, a lady I was at the time, was friends with a couple guys in Solar Burn. They needed a bassist. We had a vocalist. They had a vocalist at the time, and I joined the band. And it had a different sound. It was a little bit more of a tool meets Deftones. Oh, so they used to have a vocalist. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and it was, he had a very much a beautiful Maynard, Maynard James Keenan kind of bellowing voice. Sure. Uh, and the music was, like I said, tool meets Deftones, you know, scumbag, our guitarist, Mike. Uh, he has a very vicious right hand. He has a almost Hetfield like assault. So it's always <laughs> thrashy a little bit with him. And then Russ, our drummer, he kind of comes from a wide background of he can do hardcore punk, he can do metal, but he can also do avant-garde stuff. He can hang with some jazz stuff too. And when I joined the band, they encouraged me to just be me and come from my background. So they kept pushing me to just play whatever you want. If you want to play jazz, if you want to play funk, make us weird. Well, our singer quit after a while. It just wasn't for him. We were really heavily invested and wanted to go like all out of salt and he kind of wasn't there. So... He actually stopped actually at a show. He left before we went on stage. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we had a really rough set that night because we weren't ready for it. Yeah. Um, that seems weird. Why would you do that? You've been a musician for a long time. You know, <laughs> I, I you guess know I, how things go. Yeah, yeah. And alcohol flows and you know, <laughs> stuff happens. Um, you know, and without, you know, bashing anyone, it was actually the best thing that could have ever happened. Fair enough. Um, because we had a rough set that night, but the next day we got together and they came over actually my place and we, you know, lit up and played records and talked about what we wanted to do. And our original idea was we're all going to take a swing at singing, which, <laughs> <laughs> nope, <laughs> that wasn't happening. All right. Um, and then we started trying some people out. But we realized really quickly that we had a different agreement than the people coming in had. Um, even the best vocalists that wanted to come in still just thought this was going to be your stereotypical metal band and we were thinking something different from the gate. So that was always a thing. We realized early on the best way to... Because uh, we're never we're not against having a vocalist. We just haven't met the person. Fair enough. And we don't see anything wrong with our music. We don't feel like there needs to be vocals. Yeah, no. Um, so much of the great music of history is instrumental. But what we started doing was saying to people when they came up and said, are you auditioning? We go, well, hey, 
take some of our music offline, record some vocals to it, send it back to us. If you can't do that little bit of a resume job, how are you going to make it to four rehearsals a week? Yeah. How are you going to, if you're a bartender, turn down a Saturday night to go on the road? I turn down Saturday nights all the time. I'm a career bartender. That's my mortgage payment. But I turn down Saturday nights. That's hundreds of dollars that you know what we make on the road. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, and it goes yeah. back into the band anyways yeah. because you got to keep this beast alive. No, it's a it's a passion. Yeah, and that's why the the thing is it's not that we're not we wouldn't be open to someone if they fit us. It's just that we know how well we work together. Yeah, and it gets to that point as you get older of finding somebody that is responsible enough to keep their shit together. Absolutely. It's like, you know, it's like even though you're turning down a Saturday night, you know, you might be in a position where it's like it sucks not making that money, but, you know, you're stable enough that you can afford to do that yep. every once in a while to go play a show and have some fun with your friends yeah. and make noise. I'm the baby of the band, and I yeah. have the easiest, if not me and Mike have the easy, easier living situations as, you know, I might not be a bachelor, but I have my house. I make, yeah. de I make decent enough money, but I'm the youngest guy in the band. I don't have any kids or anything. That's not something I've, I've known my whole life I'd be a professional musician, but... I admire those guys that uh, they're a little bit older and they have some other things going on, but we still rehearse four days a week. We rehearse today. Yeah. Still at dinner with the in-laws. Still here talking to you. You know, <clears throat> that's, I, I think that's what it's about. That's, but we, because we were rehearsing and four days for us isn't a lot. We started at like five, six, yeah. seven. Um, there were times where we would just get together every day. We would just call each other. I'm like, you that's good? Awesome. You good? And we did that for years where we were instrumental. Um, and there were some things that happened when I joined the band before we were even instrumental. A, Mike asked me, Mike, our guitarist said, by the way, I call Mike Scumbag. Everyone calls Mike Scumbag, so I will hear forth refer to him as Scumbag. <laughs> <clears throat> Just to keep it easy. And Russ is our drummer. Uh, he said to me, do you play lead? And I said, well, yeah, I, I, I play jazz and, and jam band and funk bass and everybody leads. So yeah, I, I didn't think about the fact that I had never done metal leads and I had a lot to learn in that realm. But I said, yeah, and he goes, cool, I don't like to play lead, so you can do all of the solos and whatnot, which was really exciting. No one says that to a bassist. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> ever. No one ever tells a bassist, solo, away. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That's one of the really cool things about seeing Solar Burn play, though, is just you have a really unique dynamic and a very full sound. And, you know, you it's... You don't see like it's like you stand out so much in the band, and it's just like yeah, that band is a fucking bass player. It's funny I love because it. I've never got to have a perspective. We've never, <clears throat> even though we've done music videos, um, we are such a trio that we. It sounds dumb from that I'm saying this, and it sounds like I'm hyping us or, or some bullshit, but this is like honestly <laughs> our truth. Even though we bicker with each other all the time. There is not a power dynamic struggle within oh, us. Totally. We, we yeah. are really, like I always say, like you see a milking stool, doesn't have a most important leg. It has three legs. It doesn't yeah. stand without the three legs. Um, and it, it's, it, it is funny because it's, it's like that. There was a review we got from a Byzantine show we did years ago in Morgantown. And I remember the show. It was a great set. And it was a great show. I, every time we play with Byzantine and we were playing with them again this summer, they love them. Uh, it's always awesome and playing in Morgantown with them is amazing. But we had a we had this really magical night down there and I remember the review and it was a review that was like 
and the bassist is the front man and blah, blah, blah. And I re I remember reading and be like, man, I'm never going to hear the end of this bullshit. <laughs> and as soon as I got to rehearsal that day, they started they started fucking with me. Oh, after you, front man. Blah blah, front man. It's like God damn it. And it's and it's true though because we don't we we have a great brotherhood dynamic, which is you know if you I've been in tons of bands in my life and you have it's not always there. You don't always have that. Totally. You know you don't always have that. We can yell at each other, but still like come yeah. back together about it. That's rare to have it's rare to be able to spend five hours in a room together writing without killing each other mm -hmm. it's rare to be able to spend eight hours in a car without killing each other and maybe you do but you get over it and yeah you I, the next day it took a long time for me to find it but luckily i have that now with gray walker and yeah it's the same thing where there's no power struggle everybody has their equal inputs and everybody is you know super cool and they all put forth the same effort you can see it on stage yeah um, which is really neat about watching you guys is that there's that we're all having fun. Um, even sometimes we're all having too much fun, <laughs> yeah. you know, which is, which is awesome to awesome to see bands have because we do it, but we're so used to rehearsing and there being no vocals or nothing to where, you know how the energy triangle happens where like it starts becoming almost telepathic. We get into those places where we'll realize we went through a whole set without looking up. Oh, yeah. And we don't mean to do the tool Pink Floyd thing where we're heads down. There's just times where it's like we are in it. Um, there's also times where people go, I can't believe you were playing that fast. And we went, we didn't know we were playing fast. But apparently we were burning. Oh, yeah. You know, but we were just in that that collective. That's the beautiful thing about having those bands where you have that connection. Going instrumental for us was one of the best things that could have ever happened. There are still vocalists in this town that I desperately want to work with. And I would like to do covers with. I would like to do one-off shows with. Yeah. Um, But I could see us adding six more pieces before it's a singer. Sure. Why not have a horn section, percussion? I came That'd out of be playing, awesome. I came out of being in a funk band, so like I feel like extra percussion would do Solar Burn really, really well. Yeah, I would love to see how Russ would work with it, especially because, in those like space out parts. Yeah, Russ is used to being a juggernaut and used to handling a lot of space. Yeah, which is I would like I would love to see him like you know it would be the same where if I played with another bassist and I had to like figure out how to just do one or the other. For a minute, it would take me a while to get used to that because I'm used to playing rhythm and doing melodies and leads, uh -huh. you know, and, and Scumbag is used to doing those super heavy rhythms, but then also doing intricate parts and melodies. <clears throat> it's funny. He talks about how he doesn't play leads, but he does play a lot of lead parts. They're just pre-written melodies. I feel like that's an issue a lot with guitar players and metal bands, and I dealt with it for a very long time. But again, luckily now, Ricky and Evan and Grey Walker, they live yeah. together. And they've lived together for a while. So like they're in that point now where like they know how to play off each yep. other. And it's a very fortunate situation to be in. Yeah. Oh yeah. The only <laughs> hard part you get into there is sometimes you can't communicate with them because they're like <laughs> twins. They're like twins that speak this little special language that no yeah. one else. Because as a bassist, I've done it with drummers where no one else could talk to us because we were together you know and I've, I've seen it happen in bands before where that's and it's beautiful it's just like it's you have to try to bands are crazy dynamics it's like for, i you know honestly when it comes to the guitar stuff it's like i don't even want to put any input on that it's like my background is from like beat production and rhythm stuff so it's like i'll always nitpick 
drums, drum parts, and bass parts before guitar parts, personally. That's just, I feel like I'm more knowledgeable in that. I mean, if I feel like a melody sounds weak, I might try to be like, you know, one of those like, do the thing, because like, you know, I can't like articulate it well enough on a guitar. But other than that, I'm just like, do your thing. But you struck something there, and I think (laughs) non-articulation is important. I wish more people could understand, because... I've, I've, as I've said, I'm a great executive producer. <laughs> I'm a decent producer. I am just a shite engineer. I can, you know, especially because I've been, I, 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 you know, much like you, I've, we've got to record over an interesting time where we've got to see a lot of mediums be the main thing yeah. for recording. You know, like I started recording in the mid nineties, so we were still using, um, eight tracks, but, dat tapes were starting to happen and our first albums were done on dat tapes and then um it was probably another 10 years before i was recording digital digital but it's so interesting because once i was able to point out on a wave pattern on a screen to an engineer all of a sudden the power is in my hands because i was like i know what that is right there that bring that down move this up i never took the time to learn the art of engineering though but I think that getting people to understand what you're talking about when you're explaining something to them, because I do it with my anybody I'm playing with, because I'm looking at your records in here and I'm seeing references to things that like I will use when I'm telling someone, I want you to play this this way. I'll point out a song. Oh, do this, you know, yeah. do this this way. That's and and that's why I've always been happy that I've had a vocabulary of a lot of music to listen to. Is that if someone says, "Do you know this Betty Davis album?" Like. Oh, should we do Bob and Cop them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can do that baseline. Yeah. Right on. Well, no, not like that, but put a little more Larry Graham in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got you. And when I was doing hired gun work, that was the name of the game completely. <clears throat> Solar Burn, we kind of talk in a language like that because our chalkboard is always nonsense when we're writing songs because, you know, we all read different levels of music and yeah. understand different levels of theory, but we're working on very complex orchestrations that have to be done just right yeah i feel like you know if you have a genuine passion to just create what you're creating it's not hard to make it you know if you're just doing what you want to do naturally yep and you're all on that same wavelength then it's not a problem i feel like any band i've ever been in that had a hard time getting songs written there was some pieces of that puzzle that really didn't want to be there. They just wanted to be in a band, but not yeah. this band. <clears throat> Absolutely. No, I recognize that. Um, one thing that has always helped us is we try to write things we don't know how to play. Okay. That is a big thing for yeah. us. Is <clears throat> if you can hear it in your head, trying to figure out how to play it. So we'll start it slower. You know, if you... Yeah. You know, whether Russ or Scumbag is playing a part, I'll go, oh, this is great. So then I'll do it halftime in my head. And then I'll try to play it slower until I get my fingering down. And then I got to get it up to tempo. Yeah. But I often, you know, start with something I don't know how to play. And then six months later, I'm changing it into something that I couldn't even envision that I was going to be able to play. Uh But that keeps it fun all the time. And that keeps challenging yourself. I think that that's awesome if you're able to challenge yourself and get yourself to that point to play it. I've been in bands with people though, that try to write stuff outside of their abilities, but they're too lazy (laughs) to ever 
work at getting it right so it's always a shit show and then yeah. we're in the studio recording and it's like you know they know that they can kind of cheat the process thanks to the digital well, technology I, I, look i'll make a controversial statement here not everybody's an artist that's not okay sure you know i yeah. know that's not a popular thing to say nowadays <laughs> but um yeah i am you are not everybody is and that's okay you know, uh -huh. it, it, it's okay that plenty of people just can't do this. No diss on them. They're not bad people. But there's other things that they could be doing. Um, assisting the arts. You can be a patron of the arts. That's what you used to be in history. If you weren't good <laughs> at arts, you'd be a patron of the arts. You would take your income, your money, and then you would help support the arts. That's what we actually need more of nowadays. We have too many people now buying cheap gear and making shitty art. Yeah. That's... There's no standard. There's no... You know, because it's not, it's, you're not allowed to go, oh, that wasn't good. Yeah, it's super interesting. You bring up a really good point about now how it's so easy to actually create art. It's so accessible. You can. Which I'm not going to shit on. That's a that's, good thing. Oh, yeah. Because there's some kid right now in a bedroom creating the greatest album of all time. We'll never hear it. Who may have not been able to do it. With, yeah, yeah. But the flip of it, too, is the fact that, you know, you can. You can record a song on your phone. You can take your promo photo. You can get it worldwide distribution all from this thing. Yep. We could do it right now yep. in 10 minutes. Yep. You know? Yep. Pay to get it on iTunes and you're set. And there's there's so much of that now. Yeah. But it, it's the thing is that artistry is about raising the bar and bettering yourself totally it's a type of dedication that yeah i know i sound like an elitist presumptuous whatever I asshole don't, no you don't no because you you feel me but someone who will listen to this will go oh fuck this wanker well, talking well, well, about this shit but no it's it's true is that if you're not trying to do better than your hero fuck off well, yeah well, i have jimmy hendrix tattooed on my chest not because he's a god to me but because i want to do better will i <laughs> but i'm gonna keep pushing yeah. Prince is my hero. I'll never get there. I'm not going to stop pushing. <laughs> because one thing that I would want to gain out of that motherfucker is his respect as an artist. And to keep pushing your own boundaries. Yeah. And to keep just going harder. Going harder and trying to do things you didn't think you could do and doing things people told you you couldn't do. And and there's and understanding that there's no rules. That 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 to me is everything. And it's I it's such a fun time to be alive, to be an artist because of all the abilities that we have and that mean you can do this right now. You know, when we were kids, the idea of being on a radio show, holy shit, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, and now I can sit with my friend and drink beers and talk to people across the planet that are listening to you. Yeah. And it's, it's just as valid. It's the same thing, but it's made it very easy. But because of that, we also have a glut. There's just so much. There, everything is everywhere. Uh-huh. You know, and, and how do you differentiate? The problem, like, like there's two things. Like, one, to bring it back to the statement of some people might, might be saying, ah, fuck you. Anybody that's still listening at this point gives a shit, and they're probably on Fair. the level. Fair. And two, everybody that I know who, like, the people that I mentioned before that would play outside of their ability or try to, or try to write outside of their ability, they're not doing this anymore. They, you know, they dropped off. Yeah, that's fair. So it's just kind of like a, I think that there's 
And that's another thing. I don't have anything against the people that drop off. Yeah. Hobbyists are good. There should be art hobbyists. Well, they, they've everybody gone back should, to being patrons. <laughs> yeah, well, but every, everybody should be uh, should have art in their life. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm not saying that you shouldn't create art if you're not going to be, you know, a lifer. But, like, it's the same thing I do with bartending and and, 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 and what I do, you know, for a living with bar or with, with music is that – and it, it – Punk's always said this, and people think it's obnoxious, but it, there's some truth to it, is that it's a pirate's life. You're either in or you're out. Yeah. Is this what you do? Or, you know, like, and it's okay if you're not, but there's a lot of us that this is who we are. You, We're not getting rid of our toys. No. no, I will always have a room of vinyl. Yeah. You know, then, like. I've gotten into arguments with, you know, bandmates and friends that are always like, what's the end goal? And it's just like, I'm in the end this goal. This is the end goal. I'm yeah. here. If you're doing this just for you, fame, you're in the wrong game. Yeah, you got There's it. easier ways to fame than music. <laughs> art is not the easiest way to fame, buddy. You did not pay attention in school. Yeah. You do art because you love it. You know, there was a time in our history where getting famous through art was a good thing. I don't think it really is now. I honestly, if me getting famous through art does a bigger positive thing and it allows me to do more art, great. But as long as my mortgage is paid and I'm able to keep food in my fridge and create art without pressure. So what a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, shit, what you guys do as different as it is because of your position in the band, there's always going to be a pressure to do something like the most popular vocal oriented band like you because someone wants to move units. Yeah. And it's like, you're like, well, but I was going to rap on this song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and there's, there's that. And it's one of those things where it's like, I don't even want to have to deal with that. Head no, head. it's like, I, I'm like, I, I, I take, I could take one look at my band right now and I'm like, we would never fucking make it. Just lo look at us. Look at us. <laughs> and it's just like, it's like, you don't want to like, depending on levels of make it, I guess levels of making it in metal yeah. and making it outside of metal were two different things. It's probably a lot more with like what I do outside of Grey Walker. Metal like my... is one of metal and hip hop are the best global exports right now. Yeah. You know, it used to be jazz. For a while it was rock just straight up rock and roll, but like metal and hip hop are at least in every continent right now. You know, you can't say that for blues or jazz. That's or, a really good point. You yeah. know, it, it's well look. Look at the times we're living. Anywhere you have disenfranchised people, metal and hip hop makes sense. Hardcore punk. Yeah. You know, like it's Ec extreme music. It's blue collar music for disenfranchised people. You know, I think it's hilarious when people are shocked that you have a metal scene in Africa. You have a huge wealth disparity. <laughs> of course, you're going to have a fucking metal scene. Yeah. You have really rich people and people that can't get water. You know what I mean? But people that have bulletproof fucking SUVs and people that can't get water. You're going to have metal music. You know, that like it's it's it, it makes sense. You're gonna have hip hop music. That 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 makes sense. The only reason you see electronics and hip hop's happening more is because that technology is easier to get your hands on. Drum kit isn't easy to piece together in a war torn country. You know? Yeah. I mean yeah. that's like on I mean, in like a much less uh dramatic way. I mean, I when I was growing up, I just came up in a family that not a lot of money. And that's how I got into making beats was yeah. uh, 
bless their souls, MTV made like a beat making program for Sony PlayStation. I remember that game. I played that game. I had a yeah. blast with it. I was I was <laughs> doing music, so that was the first time I ever got to do that. Yeah. That also introduced me to a lot of the sounds of Deep House. Yeah. That was like my introduction to like finally being able to make music. And it was funny because at the time I wasn't really even listening to electronic yeah. music. I grew up on metal yeah. through my parents. And then I just wanted to make something. Mm -hmm. So I was just started getting into making beats. And then like I realized the things that I was making kind of sounded like the Aaliyah song that I heard on MTV. And I was like, oh, this is how this stuff is made. And then I like developed uh, an appreciation and an interest for how that stuff was made. And then it was just like no turning back. Here I am. Still. Yep. yep. No, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. But there yeah. that's that's exactly how that's supposed to go. That's I remember that game coming out and it was I remember having a weird perspective on it because I think I had already recorded one album like as a like preteen teenager, like had done something because it was accessible and I was able to. But when that came out, me going, Wow, this is just everywhere. This is just, you know, because that was the first time I had started seeing like NPCs and stuff like yeah. that because I was still young. You know what I mean? So I didn't know what type of beat machine making stuff was out there and computers were, you know, on the rise. And it, it really, really, really did change everything. Um, part of me wishes I had gotten more involved then with that. But, you know, it's still just cool. It is cool to have seen that, you know. That that's that's awesome. I never got into beat making. I did a lot of hired gun work for hip hop albums and stuff like that. That was always a lot of fun to do stuff like that. Um, recording the funk band was fun because getting to see how horn sections are done and stuff yeah, like that that's as a young awesome. age. It was funny, you know. I it's I still went through I went for so long, still always wanting to be in a metal band, and it just didn't really happen for a very, very, very really? long time. Because I, I never stopped listening to metal. Is Grey Walker your first metal band? No, no, oh, no. Okay. I'd played in a few since then. But right I mean, um, I mean, uh, I was probably doing, I mean, I started making beats in like eighth grade. And yeah. then, you know, I didn't actually start going out and performing until like after I'd graduated. I was probably 21 when I started performing. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, a few years later, I started playing a lot. And somebody that was in a band um, that I ended up joining eventually um saw me at a show and was just like like you have great stage presence and i saw that you were wearing like i was probably wearing a metal shirt like are you into metal like we're looking for a singer and i was just like yeah i would love to sing in a metal that's band. awesome <laughs> so then i i had never um i had never cared what style i was playing yeah when i first started um it was at 10 my best friend's father was a blues singer my father was a funk singer. We met a kid in our neighborhood who played drums. We all liked blues and classic rock. So like we all could agree on everything from Chuck Berry. We were these weird little kids that knew about Howlin' Wolf and B.B. <laughs> sure, King same, and yeah. stuff because we had these parents that were taking us to see like Kebbo and see like, you know, these, these <laughs> concerts. My father being, you know, into funk was always playing Earth, Wind & Fire or Parliament or George Duke uh -huh, or yeah. Herbie Hancock, Miles Davis. So like we were just like around all this stuff. Um, and Pittsburgh, I'm sure you remember Pittsburgh back in the day, there was always a ton of doo-wop too. So that was like, there was a lot of 50s and early 60s music influence. And we started playing blues and classic rock and the contemporary rock of the 90s. And, you know, Nirvana. And, and then we started getting into Rage Against Machine and harder stuff. And 
But at the same time, we were getting into hip hop and funkier stuff, and we just didn't have rules. Yeah. When that group broke up, we reformed immediately after like I dropped out of college, like six months. Like we had that group from the time we were 10 till the time we were 18, the three of us. And then we broke up and got back together six months later and started forming a big funk band, which became the Oldie All Stars. And even there, we didn't have strict rules. It was a lot of like blue eyed soul, blues, funk, soul, R&B. But not a ton of like strict rules. Yeah. And then I did hired gun work to where I was like, tell me what you want me to do. I, it was Solar Burn was the first time I was like, I want to do something heavy. And of course, we're a heavy band that is like now all uh, over the place. Yeah, totally. It makes so much sense. You know, you know, I think that that's the funny thing with Grey Walkers that we're all, everybody comes from like super different musical backgrounds. Yeah. We all like so much different music, but it's all kind of like, you know, we want to do this metal thing, and that's this is it. You know, that's like what we want to do. Uh, but I would not be opposed to like doing like a. I've done music in the past that's been so like all over the place, you know. Yeah. As well, and that's a lot of fun. And I've always liked all kinds of music. I've always been like very uh, against the idea of a guilty pleasure. I think that that's like. <laughs> nonsense well that's the thing yeah, exactly and i always wonder with bands because some bands genre shift and it's their mo some bands genre shift and it ruins them like okay i grew up on chili peppers and it's like you're not allowed to say it say that you like the chili peppers anymore <laughs> but 1983 yeah. to 1993 is the red hot chili peppers to me 93 to whatever now that's not my band I don't know who they are. It's cool that people like that. I'm happy that they're putting their kids through college. I'm not going to shit on them for paying their bills. It just doesn't reach me. And I'm not going to pretend that I have to love the band because they still exist under the same name. Same thing with like Metallica. Yeah. Cats are like, I want to go see Metallica. I'm like, I don't. It'll kind of depress me a little bit. It's not that I'm sure that it's going to be a great show and you're going to have a blast and they're going to, they still played battery, dude. Yeah, I know. <laughs> great. Good, good, cool. Good for them. Um, I stopped connecting to the music a long time ago. A lot of the music that I thought I connected to for a long time, I was connecting to just because of like fandom. When I went back and examined it, I was like, yeah, I don't really like this that much. Yeah. You know, and that's okay. And it's okay that some people still do like it, but it's, I don't think we should have to pretend that things are great. The great word gets thrown around too much. Yeah. That's kind of the same thing with me. Like you brought up Metallica and you know, that was like, Cause they just did that recent run and we probably both have a bunch of friends that went to go see them. I'll never like stop Philly listening to puppets. I'll never <laughs> stop listening to justice. I'll never stop listening to ride to lightning. You know, even garage days is a great album, but you know, it's like I had friends who had never seen Metallica. I mean, I saw Metallica when I was like 10. Mm. So I've seen them and it's like, okay, well I get it. You know, if you're, if you've never seen them and you have a chance, go, go do it once, you know? And it's like still even like friends. I have like friends that just went and saw Iron Maiden. Yeah. And it was like yeah, the same no, yeah. thing. Same friends. Yeah. And it's and just like, you know, I've seen Maiden a lot. So what, no cargo shorts today? <laughs> <laughs> no, not today. It's, I, I, I've, as you know, I only wear the cargo kilts. So yeah, yeah. I'm stuck with them. I actually don't like them. I get why people don't like them. From a fashion standpoint, they are completely unsightly. From a, a utilitarian standpoint, they're great. 
Um, I don't ever want to have it that much shit in my pockets. When I wore <laughs> jeans, I wore fitting jeans. I didn't want to look like I was in my yeah. daddy's clothes. I get it. There's a whole contingent of people that are like, fuck it. I want to be comfortable. Yeah. I would sooner carry a, a, a bag or a purse. I don't care. Like I'm, I'm happy with who I am, but they come on these and kilts without pockets do suck. So I feel it just to side back to all your Facebook <laughs> followers. I, I didn't I didn't want to line in on it on your on your on your post because I was like, yeah, people should wear whatever they want. Yeah. I do think it's silly. I pointed it out to Scumbag at a show one time because I used to be like, dude, just don't wear them on stage. Then he was like, why? And one time at the moose I elbowed him. I was like, look around. And everyone had on camo, cargo, shorts, band, shirt, hat. Yeah. And I went, dude, you're a mannequin now. That is the least punk thing you can be. <laughs> that is the least metal thing you you became. What you're rebelling against? Don't do that. Just yeah. just do it in your way, and and wear what you want to wear. But you know, I don't know. Maybe make them capris. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Know. I never really thought. Of, I mean, like I've I've definitely gone through phases where it's like, oh, look, like, we're I, musicians, dude. Yeah. Fashion's part of it. We can't pretend it's not. That's too yeah. many too many musicians pretend it's not. It's okay to be comfortable. Yeah, be comfortable. But you're an image. If you want to be successful. And pretend that your image isn't a part of it. Um, fuck you. It's not going to work. It, Especially it, nowadays. Yeah. Because there's enough people that pretend that image isn't a part of it. And people that want to cite the punk bullshit. Yeah, fuck that. They still had an image. Oh, definitely. You know. Definitely. It, it's, it's. I'm looking at pictures on your walls like. Why, it, does ev why does every crust kid look the same? How do they get that level of brown black of their clothes? Because they don't sell clothes that color. And like, like, but it's this dirt color that like it's, it's like sun it's, faded. Well, it's like peanuts. Yeah. It's like pig pen. Like this, just like <laughs> haze that is around them. No, but I feel you. And it's no, I don't understand that. Like people get pissy with me for smiling and laughing and sticking my tongue out on stage and bouncing around and being a dickhead. It's like I'm having a blast with my best friends, with my brothers. It's fun. And guess what? I am trying to make a living doing this shit, motherfucker. Like, don't tell me not to be about oh, it. Yeah, that's, you know? that's the same way with us, you know, because we have fun when we're playing and we'll goof around sometimes. And, you know, if you're not into it, that's cool. Yeah. I'm not into you either. But <laughs> so fuck it. Wear what you're most comfortable wearing. But totally. Do, but do understand, if you're a performer, people are coming to see you. Yeah. See you. Yeah. View you on stage. And yeah, they want to relate to you, but you're supposed to be cool. Be cool. Don't act cool. Be cool. Yeah. Just, you know, it's the chance. When you were a little kid, you wanted to dress up in costumes. Here's your chance. If you're sacrificing a well-paying job, if you're sacrificing healthy relationships, if you're sacrificing all these parts of your life to do this art, well, fucking be about it. Yeah. Live every moment of that shit because... Someone's in a cubicle not doing what you're doing. They're making more than you, but they don't have the opportunity you have, but they wish they could put on the Betty Davis silver platform boots up over the thigh <laughs> with the Daisy Dukes. Like, yeah. and then the throw out the head. Like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. there's someone that wants to do that, so be about that, because to someone, you are a rock star, even if you just play in a bar band. It's not stupid. It's what we all wanted when we were kids. It's make-believe. You're getting a chance to do make-believe. That's that's the coolest thing in the world. There's not a better job. Just some pay better. <laughs> yeah. You know, I that's what I was saying, just kind of going back to it. You know, I know that like at times we're not the most attractive looking band as Grey Walker, but not eh, 
we're fine with what I think. I think that we're good for what we what we are. I think we're we're in that in that pocket. It's not like we're trying to uh, market to uh, you know fourteen year old girls or anything like There's that. There's very few pretty bands <laughs> that are good. I, I've, I, like I'm saying that off the cuff, but I'm going through my encyclopedia in my head, and I got like a I'm 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 gonna pat my ego a bit. We could start pulling records out. And I bet you we don't find that many great records with beautiful looking people in the bands. They were like really weren't that no. Yeah. No. no I was man. looking at a um the meters. The looky kapai pie yeah, album the Neville, cover or whatever. The Nevels aren't the worst looking people. <laughs> they're, 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 and honestly, you did you did see it a little bit with the it, and there was an image thing, you know, in the sixties. There there was but it, it, it's funny though, because like I, I hear women talk about which beetle looked the best. I'm like, man, they're all fucking ugly. <laughs> they all really looked rough. Um especially like if you look at like early, early promos of them. Yeah. Um, but one of my favorite things is like band pictures. Like, man. Band promos are so fucking dumb. That's why we've never taken serious band promos. I have such a hard time. Like, I'll see like, you know, so and so's coming to town on Facebook with like their photo. And I'm just like where what room are they? Where are they? Why would they ever be in that scenario? What is this? What is this? This is yep. stop. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's like that's one of our the things that we we have a hard time getting across to people because when you're you have no vocals, you can't verbalize anything. So people don't realize that we have a ridiculous sense of humor yeah. and that we are like uber goofy and like uber pot friendly and like that's a big part of our thing um people don't know that they think actually because some of our music is heavy brutal loud that we are like serious dead serious like, no fuck that shit yeah. like our song titles like have you ever seen any of our song titles you know crystal meth truck driver tried to kill me based <laughs> on a true story our pets heads are falling off it's movie references it's dumb shit because we want to have fun you know, mm-hmm. and it's that so we don't like the the pretentiousness of you know same thing with band photos. Now I'm not gonna lie, like looking at that sushi picture, like everybody loves every like yeah. everybody loves the chance when you get the stage picture and you're like, oh, I was a god last night. Waking up Sunday morning to see Facebook is beautiful for that, like making you go. Wow, that was a fun show while you're still in bed and seeing the picture. Oh, that, yeah, definitely. That was never a thing in the 90s, you know? Yeah. It's so that have that access to, you know, everybody can be a photographer and just share it instantly and you just have so much good stuff. It's so easy oh, to yeah. do it. The the only thing that's the danger about everyone being a photographer, all of a sudden everyone became a model too and no one ever went, <laughs> yo, you ain't a model. Yeah, yeah, probably the same thing with bands. You gave everyone a camera; they all turned it back at themselves. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone knew that was going to happen. No, because there's, I mean, there's also there's a little bit of a hell to waiting on pictures. Because like sometimes I wait on pictures from shows not out of vanity, but like I like seeing the moment. Yeah, sometimes I can see my finger placement and be like. Oh, this was that part of that song, and like I never get sick of that. That's always that's always a thrill to see that. Um, but no, the 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 technology and the, red, the readily available aspect of it is is crazy. Or the fact that being live on Facebook, you know, playing a show and someone's watching it with a slight delay, yeah, you know. 
I we did a uh, yeah we like did a live stream like from stage one time at a show just fucking around yeah and then you know Facebook saves that shit and now it's like we have a live video of us performing live and we didn't have to do anything we need to do one of those <laughs> that way Skynet will remember us <laughs> and when it comes when when the robots kick down the door of the rehearsal space it'll hear the music and be like welcome and we're good and so all right going back you're practicing a lot yeah four days a week that's yeah, yeah. more than a lot of bands do yeah yeah absolutely. so like what are you doing at that time is it you know always like always writing running the set does it depend on the day or when you have, if you have a show coming up like yes it's a, it, it's a lot of all of the above and it's a lot of um there's a it, it sounds dumb but there's a brotherhood aspect to spending that much time together we're like there's times where we did nothing but run the set for the next show which one thing that's should be understood when we after a show we always load gear together it's not everyone takes gear separate all the gear comes together we load together after a show um and after the show we'll sit at the space and burn up talk about the show talk about what's going on um We'll rehearse often the next day, reset up our gear, wipe down the chalkboard that had the set on it, and we'll talk about when the next show is. If the next show is within a month or a month and a half, we'll write the set for the next show. Every rehearsal between then and the next show is predominantly dedicated to perfecting that set. We will still, we often spend like four hours together so if it's only a set and you know how our sets go, it's like 45 minutes, we're not going to – we're only going to play the set once most of the time. Sometimes we'll do twice. Um, but that also means there's 45 minutes of talking about band business. There is 45 minutes of jamming where someone's writing something and we're – that's gestation of new songs. Yeah. That's, that's – we're throwing it into our collective consciousness of an ether where – we might work on something for six weeks straight a little bit and then stop and no one say anything. And then again, all of a sudden we start and it becomes a song. Um, but a lot of it is just playing the set and we smoke copious amounts of marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> like that's also a, a thing is that we, so it's not just practice time. It's like hanging out with your friends time and just like, yeah, but, but what you when you ha what hanging out is being productive with the band. Okay, remember how in 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 middle school there was like chess club, math club. Where you were doing the same thing, but it was focused. Yeah, same thing. Four hours. It's it's only about the band. Rehearsal doesn't just have to be playing. Now, totally, we never do it without doing the thing. And when we do the thing, I've been in many rehearsals where people weren't bringing it. We play as hard as we do at a rehearsal or at a show. We play at show volume um, and show intensity. Often we play much faster than we do at shows. It's it's kind of like uh, um, swinging with 10 bats. Yeah. We, uh, we try to do things that we know we can't do. We call putting pepper on it. <laughs> you know, um, we'll write a set and go, oh, shit, that's supposed to be 35 minutes. Let's do the time trial. And the last time we did it, it was like 36. We're like, well, let's try to get inside 33. Sometimes we shave two minutes. Yeah. That's really crazy when you think about shaving two minutes. 
by playing everything just exactly the same, but with no talking and no, you know, we often write our sets to not stop in between. So like our next show is this Saturday at Howler's with Submachine and Six Speed Kill. It's because that's a punk show, we're going to be fast. Bah! You know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, at the Millvale show, we decided, hey, everyone's metal. Let's just do us and do a little bit of everything we're doing. Um, you know, we have a show coming up with Byzantine. Um, we're doing two. We're doing one in Ohio and Akron and one in Pittsburgh at Cativo um, in August. And that's going to be one of those things where Byzantine, you know, you know, Byzantine. Yeah. yeah. They, they swing a heavy hammer. So it's better for us to just be ourselves than to try to compete with how heavy they can be. Because they pull out, you know, Master of Puppets era type things where it, it makes your hair stand up. So it's better just, you know, be heavy where we're heavy, but be us, be who we are. You know, that that's one that's one of those things that it's always been about is just always, 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 always changing it up. Yeah, playing to the show, like being conscious yes. of who you're playing with, the people that are going to be there, and you have enough... Yeah. material that you can do that but we rehearse the set like it's the show yeah so it it there's there's not a lot of stopping unless there has to be a tuning break or you know every once in a while we'll do one where we're just messing around but it's our i wish we had a rehearsal space we could have more people out because it's fun to watch totally it, it, it's it's a show in and of itself we yeah. uh it's definitely running the gauntlet and the same way you see us on stage where we're laughing and sticking our tongues out and spitting at each other and just being assholes in general. That's the same thing. Yeah. Rehearsal. Yeah. Same, same exact thing. Yeah. We I mean, honestly, it's funny. It's, you're just like talking. I'm just like, yeah, same, same yeah. deal. You know, cause we try gray Walker to work in transitions in between songs and not, you know, not talk too much about stuff, but yep. you know, just, make a set and like we yeah. think about the songs think about who we're playing with where we're going to be and structure accordingly always yep. now let me ask you this how competitive are you competitive as I a mean, there's there's like in, there, like in between the band or towards other bands well that's the thing there's natural competitiveness that happens inside of a band which granted you being a vocalist you probably don't have to deal with that much of it you have a no um well, I mean, no one plays the same instrument in Solarburn, and we never compete with each other as in like, oh, he's better than me. But during a song, we will give each other the eye where it's like we're pushing. We're, we're consciously like yeah. – because especially we're all kind of rhythm players. So there's times where we're all edging it forward together and seeing if the other person is going to bend, break, or excel – um, and then also, you know, with other bands. I, love. Um, I think the only time I'm ever, the only time that ever feels competitive on stage is between me and our bass player. Because our bass player is like the type of dude who will like, he'll come out out front and just slam his leg down on that hey, monitor. Cole will you. Cole, yeah. he's just head yeah. banging. And it gets to that point where like, it's like I'm the front man, but I'm kind of behind everybody else because I can't get out in the front because yeah. they're, everybody's just so like, <laughs> bringing it and it's like there's part of me that's like like what the fuck where am i gonna be? i got but your I'm solution i got your solution you know, they're beating you up with their guitar necks you got to go freddie mercury oh, yeah. and do the half stand that way you have something to put up like this and you can hold it up like that and, and, and you have your phallus that you can swing around and then yeah. they, they don't know what to do anymore yeah you should get a long one and a selfie stick so mm -hmm. you can selfie yourself doing it and, and, and pushing them out of the equation uh with other bands if it's a show and we're not opening, I'm always kind of conscious about like how a band is performing and how the crowd's reacting. 
things that they're saying. Like, does that person sound stupid? I always get really annoyed when <laughs> front men are like, make some noise. Come on. Let's fucking do this. Yeah. Like, especially in the middle of songs, like you'll have your a guitar player ripping a sick solo and then a front guy's like, yeah, come on, come on. I'm like, this moment's not about you, buddy. Let your guitar player rip the sick solo and shut it's the fuck Ricky up. Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. Like they don't, they don't, they can't, they can't just let it. They, they never learned how to swing the microphone. <laughs> yeah. Just shut yeah. the fuck up. So there's times when I even catch myself talking too much sometimes. And it's like, it's good though. Cause if I'm talking too much in between a song, Joey will just fucking start the song. And I'm like, in the moment I'm like, Oh, what the fuck? But then, you know, a couple seconds later, I'm like, I guess I was talking too much. I wasn't saying anything <laughs> important. After I mean, sometimes, all. you know, depending on the show, I might get a little lit up before a show. Everyone and, does. And if I'm like fucked up, I might be all like, blah, 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 blah. It's not, it feels like I've been talking for two seconds, but I'm bullshitting for two minutes. We, for a while, tried to have microphones on stage. Didn't work. <laughs> Russ had nothing to say. Scumbag <laughs> had far too much to say. <laughs> and nothing I said was intelligible. So it just wasn't. We decided it was it, it was better not. Um, I like the yelling out just in between songs. Yeah, we'll yell some shit. You know, honestly, like, and it's that's the thing. If people are close, and it's like we get the the energy, we will just yell in between songs because it's an open conversation. It's just art with people there. Yeah, I like that. Um, when it's an actual performance, usually because I have the bartender voice. I will jump out at the end, as you've seen, and go, hey, we're fucking Solar Baron, blah, 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 and do that. Yeah, whole... You got to let people know. A a absolutely. <laughs> and in that way, it's it's clear, it's concise, and it's, uh, you know, it's it makes a little bit of an impression. But that that's the thing. I, I can't speak for them. I am ridiculously competitive, but just in the moment. Yeah. Um, it's funny. You and I could play cards or anything together, any game, sport. I don't care about losing. The experience is the fun. At a show, you're still my brother. You're still my buddy. I want you to have the best set possible. While I'm on stage, I'm going to fucking destroy you. Totally, totally. No one's going to remember who the fuck you were. And I'm going to, like, and it's not that that's going to happen, but that's just. I have that it's a primal view of taking the stage. Yeah. That is no diss on you, but fuck you. Yeah. There's that thing where like, there'll be times where, you know, we or we're playing like first or, you know, something like yep. that. And like the guys will be like, oh, it sucks. We're playing somewhere. I'm like, it doesn't matter. We're still going to play the best set of the night. Yep. Yep. You know, and I, if, I, if people miss us, fuck them. Nothing, they missed out. <laughs> nothing is better than bringing the heat early. Yeah. And that is, that is fun. And like, yeah, I don't care if it sounds a little bit arrogant to say it. Like, I've been in that situation. I've also been trounced on stage. I've been, I've thought I brought the heat and had people just like literally step on us and been like, fuck. Oh, yeah. That wasn't, you know. But you got to learn from that. No, yeah, no. It's yeah. it's great when it happens because it makes you go home and play better. When you want to throw your guitar in the fireplace because you were just shown some shit, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. that's the shit. But it also feels good when your unit is so strong you just like exploded in a room. Yeah. And it, you're floating for hours. Yeah, that's like, th if anybody's like feeling down before a show, I'm just like, dude, you know we're going to fucking kill it. We're Oh, fuck all these other bands. Fuck yeah. them. Even if it's our homies that we're playing with, like, fuck these guys. We're going to kill it. And then everybody just gets in that well, mindset. I, I found that we are really particular about the way things go. 
If the routine can go the way we like the routine to go, the show will go. Fine. If the routine starts getting fucked up, then things start getting fucked up. You know, like we like to meet at the space before the show. Oh, yeah. Get a rehearsal in. We like to run the whole set the day of the show before the show and like actually bang it all out at full volume. We like to load our gear together, do that aspect together. We like to go to the show and get there early enough to load in together and then have some time to sit and chill. Yeah. And do all of that. If it's one of those shows where everything's fucked from the gate, there is going to be that. But that's where edibles come in. Because if you can keep everybody at a certain mental state, then, yeah. I'm a big believer in that, quite honestly. <laughs> that's that's the way we operate. I'm not, I don't, I don't have any shame in saying that. That's, so, um, I, it's like, I don't want to go too much longer because we, we've hit, our, we've hit quota at least. We're right over on. an hour. But, Sorry, I can talk forever. No, I like talking too. I kind of just want to pick your brain a bit more about, you know, being in a band and, uh, I guess kind of like the responsibility that bands have to make a presence at a show when it comes to like, you know, promoting a show, getting to a show on time, you know, being respectful while you're at the show, not being a dick to other people. Like, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Are you like, fuck it? We'll show up what we want. Doesn't matter. No, no. Um, respect. Uh, granted and given. Yeah. Um. You should. Everyone starts at zero with me. I'm never disrespectful to anybody. If you come on the date, the gate being a piece of shit, we're gonna have a problem. And that's out of sound men. That's why the reason I'm sorry. <laughs> sound men very often have started off the wrong foot with me, and it's been one of those things where it's like we got two words in. It's like you know what? This ain't gonna be a cool relationship. I was gonna be cool, but. Fuck you, you're going to make more money tonight than I am, and you're giving me shit, and I drove for six hours to get here, and you're making money because I'm playing, but you're going to give me shit while I'm setting up, telling me I'm too loud before I even plug my cabinet in. It's just, it, shit happens. Fair, yeah, fair But enough. But that's not across the board. No, every, you should be respectful of everybody you meet. Um, no, you should show up early. You should be there an hour at least. If you're the traveling band, you better be there an hour before door opens or be there as early as you are capable of being there. Um, everybody should help everybody load everything all of the time. Let's make this move faster. Let's, you know, let's not try to get anybody in for free. That's bullshit. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know where that comes from. Um, cover charges in this town, far too cheap. No, if people can afford, oh, dude, if you can afford $2,000 a month for your rent, you can afford $15 at a cover. Yeah. It blows my mind anytime I'm doing shows and it's just like there, I feel bad charging more than five bucks and it's like. I, I can't, you can't fucking cover anything. When I talk to friends anything. from other markets, they think we're insane. They think we're crazy that we're working like this because it's, it is insane. It's not, we don't, we make all of our money off of merch. We go to a different market. We go just to West Virginia. We go to Morgantown or we go to Connecticut or something. We get a red carpet rolled out for us. And not only is our merch sales going to be great, but we're going to get oh, yeah. gas plus expenses the way home. But in town, yeah, we, we have to us. forsake making any money just so that we can pay our friends we brought in from out of town. Yeah. That's not sustainable. That's not a good way of keeping a market Yeah, alive. it feels so bad whenever we're making friends out of town that say they want to come to Pittsburgh. And it's kind of like, now I that's don't know said, where we're going to play. Now that said, I feel bands have a massive responsibility. I feel an artist in a society has the highest responsibility. I know that sounds pretentious, but I actually believe that shit. Um, look. Art is the high watermark of any civilization, of any culture. Art is the high watermark. 
um, you know, things like industry, that crumbles. Every civilization has had some form of industry. Shit, there was an industry that built pyramids. But the shit crumbled and we don't know how the fuck they did it. You know, people have amassed knowledge, which is perfect, and they should, and we should always continue to do that, but libraries still burn. Art lasts. We have art that has lasted for millennia. But we don't have knowledge. Knowledge has been lost and ways of being, and and, and we, we have barely even ev actually evolved in that time. If you look at the way evolution works, we haven't even really evolved that. We haven't changed that much. We've kind of been repeating the same cycles with slightly different technology. Art is extremely important. Art is the only way you can reach out to the future. It is the only thing that actually lives through a time capsule. It is the only thing that can really, really, really change a human condition into being inspired enough to do something different. Humans will always go for comfort. We, we have the gift and the burden of being a species that is always aware of death, which is a hell of a fucking motivator. But it makes comfort really appealing. If you can find a way to continue to make a difference with all of that burden upon you, good for you. And artists are that. Art is appealing when you're young because it's a creative output for all these emotions you don't know what to do with. As you get older and life catches up, it's harder to be an artist. It, it, it's so much more difficult to stay at that level. And it's easier for what became so popularly called selling out. It's called living with comfort. I'm not going to hate on someone for doing it, but there are really serious ramifications, especially in this day and age, living with comfort. Living with comfort is dangerous now. Having an iPhone is honestly akin to taking part in slavery because there's human traffic linked to it. You know, but there's not an easy solution for those things. There's not an easy solution for how a human being and born in America at this day and age that wants to be on a podcast and drink beer and be an artist can actually find a way to back themselves out of the way that human beings have been, except for art is really appealing because art allows you to give an expression to the universe that possibly you can record for all time and can make an impression on someone else's life somewhere else, maybe not even inside of your lifetime. And that is massive. Everybody gets a Voyager satellite now. That's art. It reaches out forever. But Stan Lee, great power, great responsibilities. Everybody wants to be a rock star. No one wants to put in the effort. People love to idolize the Beatles, and I'm going to say the thing, yes, overrated. But the one thing is I love the Beatles and I'm a huge fan. They should be that fucking good. They spent five to seven years playing four nights to five nights a week doing three sets a night. You better be fucking good. That's a dedication to your art form. Yeah. The great composers spent years perfecting and perfecting it. Yeah, they wrote when they were young, but they were also beat with reeds to write to perfection. So were the Jacksons. That's why they wrote great stuff. There is there is a dedication, but you lose a bit of your life to do it. I'm trying to go as fast as I can because I know you need to wrap it up. But I do. No, you're good. I think art is, is, is so important, but the reason it's not for everybody because – the same way monks get respect because they dedicate themselves. It's that level of dedication to a craft. You forsake having the normal relationships. You don't go on the vacations. You don't go see Dave when he's in town or catch the Steelers games. No, you were at rehearsal. You're doing a podcast with a friend in another band. 
Yeah. You know, it's it, dedication is that. It's 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 suffering it but also enjoying it. You get the high points. Other people want those high points. People that are in the cubicle that get the vacations and go to the tool concert and do all the things that yeah. I always want to do. They, they still pine for the moments we get. They'll never understand the inverse of that, the switch loneliness after stage, the yeah. the serotonin, you know, drop and everything gets like wonky in your head for like 24 hours. Uh, dude, dude, I did, I had a, you know, the past like month was leading up to a record release show. I did two record release shows this past weekend and all day Sunday, it was Friday and Saturday, all day Sunday, you know, everybody's like, you know, how are the shows? And I was like, I don't know. It was like, I spent so much time organizing, setting everything up that I really don't even know if I had fun or not when I was there. I remember other people seeming to have a good time, but I'm just like... Sometimes I have adrenaline peaks that, that are zone. so high. It's the same effect as being blackout drunk. Yeah. <laughs> where I didn't even get drunk, but I more or less adrenaline blacked out. And where the next day I'm piecing the night together because it was that much of a of a thing where I it's not until I listen to the tapes where I'm like, oh, that was a good set. <laughs> you know, I feel that. But it's just it's anybody that has the commitment to doing it where it's your all the time and you live it. That's, to me, that's everything. Um, I wish the patrons of the arts understood what it took instead of always bitching about how their investment isn't making them money Yeah, and trying to bleed more out of us. I wish they got it a little bit more because not to just like jump up on a cross, but art keeps the culture, the scene alive everywhere, you know. Look at the fall of the South Side that you're seeing right now in Pittsburgh. They forsook the art. When I grew up, everything down there was oh, live yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah. And then they put in a bunch of jukebox and flat screen TV bars. And now there's not a night where there's not a problem. And there's nothing good to see. There's nothing good to do. Yeah, the Rex is doing really good stuff. Gray Area is doing really good stuff. Opus is still doing good stuff at Club Cafe. But most of the bars are just for people to get shit hammered in. That, that does nothing for culture. Everything about sustainability of life is about culture. Culture spurs civilization. Art is the engine. The creativity is the fire. You know, it, 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 it's so many people think it's about amassing or, or actually structurally creating. Everything can be destroyed, but inspiration is not, you know, that that's, you can kill a revolutionary, you can't kill a revolution. That's, yeah. That that and that's why art is important. That's why, yeah. People, punk's dead. Punk will never die. As long as someone hates their parents, punk's alive. <laughs> <laughs> and and sure. and and yeah. as long as someone says you shouldn't spray paint your shoes gold, funk is alive. <laughs> you know, and it's the yeah. same. It's the same coin, and it's the same way of being. You know, I, I I'm I'm sitting here and I can't stop. I can't even look at you in the eye because you have so many things that are like, I actually want to talk about. I'm a huge big trouble in Little China fan. Oh yeah, that's one of my yeah. favorite movies. It's one of the greatest movies ever written. Yeah. It's one, it's, it's, he doesn't get enough credit for that film. Yeah. Cause, you know, all of the other ones. I have a big trouble. <laughs> My fiance got me the Jack Burton tank top. Nice. Um, for, for, uh, Christmas one year. We, we have a song called Six Demon Bag. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm huge, huge importance. I, I like seeing the, uh, Betty Davis records too. That's, that's awesome shit. 
yeah, uh, I have a, a a recently newfound appreciation for Betty Davis, an artist that kind of you know just slipped under the radar for me for a very long time, and then you know stumbled across a record and I was like, oh my God. And then I had to buy everything I she's, could get my hands on. She's a great on. gateway too, because the people she was playing with, a lot of them played in so many other things. So you can follow other down rabbit holes. A lot of them lead into the jazz scene more, a little bit of the fusion scene. And you start messing with the jazz fusion scene in the seventies, then you're almost getting back around into prog and metal. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. I, I, I love that, that every time I'm listening to something, I'm three steps away from like a completely different genre. Totally. You know, yeah, I grew up on so much funk and soul um, that that that's how I got the nickname T Funk. That's how, like, I was the first one of my friends to be going, "Hey, check this out! Who's Funkadelic? Just theme sure. from a black hole. Yeah, just play it." Good. So, like, you started on that, and then you know, we'll just say through no, whatever. I didn't start on that. I started on blues and classic rock. Okay. Um, my siblings listened to everything. My father listened to funk, soul, and R and B and jazz. Um, he kept feeding me stuff. Me being a bassist kept leading me to back towards funk, but I was really into rock and metal and hip hop and, and classic rock. Yeah. yeah. I mean, fucking Jimi Hendrix tattooed on my chest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> was really into all that stuff. And my father just like, good for him, was not going to let it go. He was not going to let it go till I understood Stevie Wonder, till I understood Funkadelic, till I understood George Duke, till I got this shit. Yeah. It, he wasn't thinking about it, but you know, time told once, you know, 13 happens and you hit puberty and you start smoking weed, then all of a sudden this shit makes sense. Girls and getting high come into the equation. And you're like, wow. Oh, I get star child. I get, <laughs> I get Bob got a dangerous species. I understand what they're talking about. I want to be funky. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like, I, I was, I was young and lame, but I really badly wanted to be a soul brother. Like I was, buying Curtis Mayfield albums and uh -huh. you know like that was the thing but I was getting my friends that were we were still listening to a lot of hip hop and rock and metal getting them like check out Superfly uh -huh. you know check out this Inner Visions is a great album uh -huh. you know and then we were all getting oh yeah man Isaac Hayes yeah yeah you know <laughs> Curtis Mayfield yeah yeah and it, it, it that's how you know T-Funk Tony Funk became my just kind of nickname that was Given to me, but it became my name. Yeah. Yeah. And here we are. With a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Back where we started. Yeah. So I think, you know, we can wrap this up. Um, Solar Burn has shows coming up. Yeah, we do. Um, I don't know when you're airing this, but we are playing this Saturday at Howler's in Bloomfield with the great Pittsburgh Classic Submachine. That show has already happened at this point. Yeah. It was fantastic. Right on. You should have been there. Um, <laughs> also, probably in the past for you is Tuesday the 13th at Black Forge Coffee House. Unfortunately, that is also past um, us. That was also a great show. We are going to be everywhere this summer. We are doing Deutschtown Music Festival. We're doing Rant. Nice. We're doing, of course, the Brutal Beer Fest. Yes. Um, and then we also have a couple shows with the great Byzantine, our, our good buddies from West Virginia who are on Metal Blade and popping up everywhere. Um, their new single, New Bear, new Ways to Bear Witness, is awesome. Um, I definitely, definitely tell you to check out that video and check out their performances. We will be playing some shows in Pittsburgh and Ohio with them. Um, but we have plenty of stuff. I hope to do some more stuff with Grey Walker in the future. Yeah. Yeah. We'll set that up. We're doing really honestly nothing um, 
in Pittsburgh, really, until Brutal. We're just trying to finish up writing this album and stuff like that. But after that, it's going to be guns blazing. We are always down. We are, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, God, God instruments will travel is, yeah. is basically our thing. We will show up anywhere. We have no ego. We will always open. We will always close. We don't care. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Thank cool. you for having me, man. This is yeah. awesome. And thank you for the great beer, man. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. I'll, I'll let you know where you can pick that up. Absolutely. For absolutely. <laughs> thank you again, brother. Oh, you're very welcome. All and, right, everybody. Uh, Peace. And that's all, folks. <laughs> thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. T-Funk, thanks again. Yes. Awesome. That sounded really good. I hope that that like, came out in the microphone. I think The acoustics did. of that, that, <laughs> that splow up. Uh, yeah, I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2017. Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening, motherfuckers. Boyaka! <laughs>